Welcome to the Review Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Bree. Bree, I have a question for you. What's your question? What scares you? What scares me more than anything else in the world is wedding planning. It is. It's very scary. It's scary. It's scary when you see the price. Oh, very scary. <laughs> like we were looking at all of the uh, all of the different like price uh, points that we have to meet, and all of it together, like the cumulative price. She's puking. She's crying. She's. <laughs> farting she's farting she's shitting yeah. just everything it's all of it it's scary it's, it's really so scary. scary we got kaido on the sticks uh what's he doing over there just chilling he's just chilling Bite my we took away all of his squeaky toys because he was squeaking like pretty hard on the past couple of episodes of the pod so uh we took away all of his squeaky toys we gave him a ball and hopefully he leaves us alone on um what our halloween three episode he did leave us alone mm-hmm. and he was a good boy so kaido is our uh, audio engineer he's horrible he's horrible at his job obviously um, you can hear the quality of our audio it's much better <laughs> i figured it out yeah i became an audio engineer overnight um good so we are talking halloween four today there he is there's kaido you can't see him on the camera but he's jumping up on brie uh, trying to bother us a little bit. Anyway, we're talking about Halloween 4. Yeah. And Halloween 4, I believe, was in uh, 1988. I wouldn't know. I didn't research The movie the takes place in 1988. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I didn't research that far ahead. I should have done that. We kind of rushed into this one. <laughs> but... Um, I think we have a lot to say with it. Uh, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Uh, ten years after the original movie, directed by Dwight Little, written by Alan McElroy. Uh, we'll get into the writing process of this movie a little bit later. Shot on a $5 million budget. And it's an interesting flick. It's an interesting movie. What do you think about it overall before we get into the minutia? I mean, like, it's no... We're never going to get a movie that's as good as the first one. We're, we're just trying to recreate that magic from the first one and failing every single time. Overall, do you think this is a good movie? It's an okay movie. It's an okay movie. I would say it's an okay movie. Out of the sequels that we've watched so far... One of the better ones. I think this is one of the better ones as well. Um, so... We have a different actor playing Michael Myers. We have George P. Wilbur playing Michael Myers. Uh, George P. Wilbur, you might know of from that episode of Family Guy. Did you ever see that one with Tom Tucker? Tom Tucker went by the stage name George P. Wilbur and actually played Michael Myers in Halloween 4. And he has that line where he's, uh, it's that scene in Halloween 4 where Jamie confronts Michael for the first time, where she has the hallucination, and he gets up, and all the lightning is like, and Michael Myers gets up, and it's Tom Tucker's voice, and he goes, Hi, I'm Michael Myers. I have severe psychological issues, and I'm going to take them out on you. (laughs) (laughs) I always think of um, Halloween 4 for that reason. I also always think about Halloween 4 because it's kind of like nostalgic to me. When I was a kid, or I guess a preteen, and I was getting into like watching all these horror movies and like becoming kind of a, a fan of cinema, so to speak, 
every year um in october amc does their like fright fest or whatever amc's movie fest where they show all these halloween movies halloween 4 and halloween 5 were always shown on amc like every time you put on amc it's like friday the 13th part 6 halloween 4 and halloween 5 you'd never be able to catch halloween 6 you might catch h2o one of these days you catch the first one never the second one <laughs> and never the third one but always four and five i've i i have to tell you i've never seen the third one on tv you never seen it on tv no season of the witch never really never really and more recently it's popped up on tv not like when we were kids and you would watch like amc's halloween fest more recently Mm. like this year when i was looking at amc and like what they were going to show halloween 3 and halloween 6 were like the big ones that were um that were on amc and the others were kind of like never heard of never heard of this year so we have george p wilbur playing michael myers um i have a critique what did you so let me ask you first what do you think about Michael Myers in this movie? One of the worst Michael Myers masks <laughs> I think I've seen. We've seen so far, like okay. Well, we've seen. Well, we've only seen three, including this one, so far. Yes. Yeah, so, so just wait till the next one. The first one's really good, and then the second one they claim it's the same mask, but it's not. It's, it's definitely not. And then this one is probably like dollar bin. Like we saw the movie, the first one once, and we're now creating it from memory. That's what it reminded me of. It looks like such a knockoff. It's it looks so like something bad. you'd find at like But are we like to believe the section of Party City? So here's my thought. It's not the same mask. Like this no. is not Michael's same mask. Mm-hmm. Michael picked it up from the Halloween store. Like a like a Party City type yeah. like it so, was like a general store. So he was probably like this is a knockoff of his original mask. And I don't know why they're selling that mask in Haddonfield. Wouldn't after a big traumatic like event like that, you'd stop selling that particular mask? You would know. Like you would think, right? Oh, this is the mask that that serial killer that yeah. killed like 13 people that one day. Uh, that's the mask he wore. Maybe let's not sell that at the general store. And But it seems like it's a pretty popular mask because we'll get into there's a scene later on where well, a those bunch kids- of people wear... Those kids are jerks. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk we'll about that. We'll get into it. So before we even start, we are going to get our treats ready to go. Oh, yes. Breeze treats. Um, so Breeze treat today, we're going to make a red velvet like cheesecake cup. Like in, how you would in like a muffin tin. Mm-hmm. You're going to make your cheesecake base. You're going to put your red food dye in there. You know, make it red. And then you're going to do your cream cheese frosting on the top. You're going to go to the store. You're going to get those little tiny, like, candy knives. What's a candy knife? It's like a sprinkle, but it looks like a knife. Oh, okay. They sell them around Halloween. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're going to put, like, cherry preserves on top of the white, like, cream cheese frosting. And then you're going to stick the candy knife in the top. Ooh. We're ready. What was the inspiration for this one? Um, this inspiration for this one is... I wanted to do scissors instead of candy knife. Oh, but I don't mm, want to spoil yeah, anything. Okay, well, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get, so we'll get that there. That was a good call. That was a good call. How creative, Bree. So we want to we want to have some good treats going in there. So there's your treat. If you have not watched the movie, go ahead, watch it, and eat your treat, and then come back with us. Make that treat. It's Make it good. Delicious. Um, honestly, yum yum. 
in my tum tum. <laughs> this will be the last time I forget to actually make the treat. Um, <laughs> I got my COVID um, booster and my flu shot. And this is like day two of me just feeling like absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like making anything. Yeah. I didn't even make dinner yesterday. I made Anthony make dinner. And I'm probably going to well, make you helped. Yeah, because I, I have fear for you well, making dinner, right? Yeah, well. I fear for him making food by himself. But tonight he will make the food by himself because it's tacos. It, well, I'll fold the burritos. But I did take a COVID test today. I'm negative for COVID. Love. Good. Love. Good, good, good. Heart, heart, those results. Yeah. Anyway, That's let's nice. let's dive right in. Because I, I honestly, we, we cut to... Well, well They're trying hold, to hold on. I want to, I'm, I'm going to do a toxic male trait and I'm going to interrupt you before you even start. <laughs> if you have watched previous episodes, especially our first episode, there's a point in the first episode where I'm really trying to get like a word in and I, I well, try to talk like three different times and he interrupts me all three times. And then I get, <laughs> I was trying to say, get a word in edgewise to explain myself and what I was like trying to talk about. Cause I re listened to our first episode and I noticed, yeah, you talk over me a lot, but go ahead, sir. Toxic male trait. <laughs> well, I just really like the first Halloween movie. I had a lot to say. Um, because you were going to go right into it. I have something written down that I noticed before. Because you said, well, we're going to cut to, and then you were going to talk about the hospital, right? I or am guess. I wrong? Were you going to talk about something else? I was going to talk about like how we are, when we get here, they're moving this man again. Yeah, I was going to go something before that. Okay, go ahead. The opening. The opening scene, right? I thought that that was kind of cool. Um, opening scene where it's like Halloween 4 and then like all the people that star in the movie there's no music it's just like ambiance that plays in the background and it's just establishing shots of Haddonfield empty ghost town during Halloween like that farmland you see Halloween decorations it gives a really it, it sets the scene very nice for this like eerie sense like a dread sort of mm -hmm. I don't know if they planned it that way, but it, it was kind of cool. Yeah. That's yeah. all I wanted to talk okay, about, though. So, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the fact that they are moving this... They they have learned nothing. Every time you try to move Michael, bad things happen. Like, every single time you try to move Michael. Well... In, including in the future when they decide to move Michael again. I was just going to talk about, Every like, single movie when they move Michael, that's when he gets away. We need to make, like, a total of how many times they move Michael And how many franchise. times he goes and he gets away because they're moving it. Like, if you kept Michael in a place and just locked him away, he would never get out. It's because you're moving him from place to place. He's in this federal facility for, like, the criminally insane or whatever, and they're going to move him back to this, the same place he broke out of before. This is dumb. It's stupid. It's a dumb move. And I, I get... They, the, so the two, like, people, the ambulance drivers, they walk in, and, like, they're talking to the guy, and they're like, oh, you guys are late. And they're going through a door... And one says, oh, Jesus, or something like that. I and the guy says, quote. Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. Yep, I wrote that down, too. <laughs> How dramatic. Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place, mister. Like, 
it's just a dramatic line where I know we're trying to set the stage for this is a bad place. This the is criminally a bad place. insane people. And then we establish, hey, this is a decade between what happened. But that same officer who says Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place, he recaps the first two movies for us. Where he's, he's like he lays out in like a like a two minute speech everything that happened in the first movie and then everything that happened in the second movie yeah his doctor lit himself on fire to blow him up yeah nice um like just a quick recap if you weren't paying but like attention. horror movies do that all the time like especially those eighties horror movies like Friday the Thirteenth does that with every single movie they recap the previous movies of the franchise until they get to where they kind of reboot the franchise and Jason's a zombie. But in the first, like, four movies, every sequel is the first five minutes of it are the last, the end of the last movie. Like, they recap genius, the franchise. Genius. Um, so I get nervous when they get down there and they're checking, like, Michael... They leave this woman alone to be checking... Mike's vitals, right? She's just called Mike. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Name's Mike. Mike. I call him MM and Mike in my notes. I should really start abbreviating like that because I'm literally writing Michael Myers every time. No, he's MM or he's just Mike. So she's, I get a little nervous because it's like this woman's alone with obviously a dangerous person. We have to assume that Michael Myers is like dangerous at every aspect at every point. But people underestimate this guy like so Always, hard. Always because they're like we heavily sedated him and I'm like how many times does Loomis have to say like nothing you do affects this man. Mm -hmm. Like nothing. When are they going to stop underestimating Michael? Like how many people does he have to brutally like, kill? You have to put him on horse tranquilizers. Like this man needs to be heavily heavily sedated and they think oh he's burned from like his head to his toe he's not going to do anything it's like no like there's something not right well, about he's in this a man. coma for 10 years they established that he he never woke up for, well he's been alive but he's been in a deep slumber but then we you know they're taking him out and the first like when they're taking him out on the gurney you got the din, 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 and then you know oh no something bad's gonna happen yeah like immediately i was like oh no they're gonna they're gonna they're coming for him right but before we even get there like the doctor at this place is telling like talking some mad shit about dr loomis he okay so i wrote that down too i said why do people hate loomis so much he did like he did nothing. Well, Loomis is a bad doctor. He is a bad We've doctor. This. But he tried his best for everyone to be safe. Like he told everyone Michael is gonna kill people. Yeah. Like Loomis is a bad psychiatrist, but like you said, he's generally out to keep everybody safe and do everything he can to catch Michael, kill Michael, keep the people of Haddonfield safe. And I don't know why people just hate this guy so much because I wrote down the line that that one doctor says about Loomis. He says maybe he'll retire or maybe he'll just die. I, I said <laughs> he, Dr. Loomis is in a ceremonial position where he's not like really doing anything. They're ju he's just there to be there. Because respect. They put respect Re well, yeah, on his Respect. Name. But I'm like, he's the only one who like, not, I wouldn't say Do you understand. think they're jealous? No, Do you think they're jelly like, of, of Loomis? I think people blame Loomis for what happened to Michael, but we established that he did not let Michael out. Like, he tried his best to get Michael. I was like, he arguably saved 
lives. This is really the fault of the government? Yes. This is the fault of the government because every time Michael escapes or every time they make the wrong decision about what to do with Michael, it's because, like Loomis says in the first one, because that is the law or because he's in a federal facility, because he's a federal prisoner. Every he's a time, ward of the state. He's a ward of the state. And every time Loomis is actually the one that's like, I told you, you guys should have been doing this. You guys should have been doing that. You guys should have been doing this. And instead they make the complete opposite decision against the will of Loomis or against the wishes of Loomis. And it's really the government that is at fault for every time Michael escapes because they're the ones that are like, well, we're going to transfer him. Yeah, they're the ones moving him around. They're at fault. So we get... Like, they get, they gurney him out, the music plays, you know some stuff's about to go down. As soon as the music plays, which, this is the better use of the music. I, yeah, we talked about that as we were watching the movie. I was like, man, they use the music really well. It's like, not too much, it's not too little, it's like, just the right amount to make this feel like, <laughs> like that, yeah. Um, You know something's gonna happen. They get into it quite quickly, I, I think, where they... He grabs, like, the guy's, like, face. So, at, Michael wakes up as the paramedics or the EMTs or whatever they are, are talking about his niece. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about Lori. And they're saying, well, they didn't really mention Lori. Well, they said, like, the only, the next of kin is too young yeah. to be responsible for him. So, he's so a ward of the state. We have to assume that... Michael, like, this is the first time Michael's hearing that he has a niece. And once he hears that, he wakes up and then, what is, what, you he go into someone's you go face into and he puts him against the... He starts bashing this guy's head yeah. into the side of the ambulance. And then uh, one of the most creative kills of this whole movie, I think, or maybe of this whole franchise, he thumbs the guy's head. Ah, oh, so gross. And like when we say he thumbs somebody's head, his you're probably like, I don't know what that means. His head. Yeah, he literally like takes his thumb and like I'm I'm moving my thumb right now and it's I don't like have, I don't have a lot of strength in me my either. thumb. I don't have enough strength in my thumb to because I don't think Michael grabs the break person and through then, their skull. But we aren't establishing that Michael Myers has he's strong. above average human strength. He's strong. But he doesn't grab this guy's head. He doesn't, like, palm it and then thumb the middle of the guy's forehead. Like, stick his thumb so far into this dude's forehead that it breaks skull. Ugh. He just puts his thumb in there. And I was like, man, he's got to have really killer hand joint strength, like, muscle strength in his fingers to be able to do that. Because I'm moving my thumb now, and I, like, I am weak. I'm a weak man. Oh. And then we get, like, obviously... Not, the fate of the people transporting Michael are they're, yeah, they're, they're dead. They're <laughs> killed off screen I tried to make a tally count of how many people died in this movie but so many die off screen that it was like hard to, yeah. to determine. So then we get a cut to I always say a cut to a cut to, a cut to. A cut to the, the house where we have young Jamie, Jamie. Lloyd um and she's asking her foster sister, do you love me? Like, and like a sister. And of course, like, she's like, in the nicest way, saying no. <laughs> like, no, she says yes. Well, she says, like, like, you're, you. no, she's like, well, you're my foster sister. So it's like a different love 
than a biological sister, which I think is a load of poop. Like, that's a load of poop. But, love is love is love. But it's only been 11 months in the foster home. Yes, they established that um, Lori Strode is dead, died, I believe, in a car accident, they say. Um, or they make hint at that she died in a car accident 11 months ago. Jamie is still kind of uh, grieving mm-hmm. over the loss of her parents, her mom and her dad, which I wrote down, are we to assume that Jimmy, the EMT from Halloween 2, is Jamie's dad? We do see a picture of her dad. But I can't, I don't I know can't if make I can make it out to see. Yeah, so mom and dad die 11 months prior to the movie. And Jamie is grieving. And I think Jamie is a really... I wish she was written a little bit better because she is a complex character where this is a little girl who is... She acknowledges. She knows about her family's history. Yeah, because she's having nightmares Mm -hmm. about about the boogeyman. So it's assumed that Lori showed pictures of the mask to her daughter right like how would she be having hallucinations of michael myers as he looks like michael myers based on just because it is is established that she has like a box of like memories and one of them is a picture of michael in the clown suit as Mm -hmm. a kid so i was like but she has to have known what he but, looked like as and, and so an adult. Here, here, I guess, we're supposed to take the assumption that, or the implication in the movie, that maybe Lori was, like, being, I don't know, sympathetic towards Michael and, like, trying to say, like, this is this is your uncle, right? Like, he he's crazy. He's a psychopathic killer. He tried to murder me, and he killed all of my friends. But, like, here's your uncle, and this is your family history. I guess. Which is a lot to give. Like, what is she, like, seven or eight? Right. And, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, like, that little box is, like, all she has left. And, like, if you know a little bit about the foster system, like, they don't take a lot of... They're not taking a lot of things with them it's usually like one bag and rarely do every does everything stay together and rarely do they stay at the same placement for Mm -hmm. very long so 11 months at one foster home that's pretty good um i mean she is loved and cared for i mean nicely what rachel offers to make her french toast for breakfast in the morning I wrote, mmm, French toast. <laughs> <laughs> You've been wanting breakfast for I know, like days. I know, and you won't take me out to breakfast. So um, if you think that Anthony should take me out to breakfast, throw a little heart in the YouTube comments and tell him to take me out to breakfast. God we'll go out. Dang one, it. one day we'll go out. No, he'll say that. He'll say it and he won't take me out to breakfast. Yeah. He's yeah. A, you'd be a fool to believe. So Jamie, Jamie's a complex character. She's grieving. She's... She, acknowledging her family's history she's trying to be like a normal kid as well she really doesn't like halloween and we'll get to all that Do stuff blame a, her a little bit later um we also established this connection between rachel the foster sister and Lori too because she says that Lori used to babysit rachel so there's a nice little connection there um and we're still in haddonfield we're still in haddonfield illinois uh, same spot that we've been in in Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. Don't know about Halloween 3. I think they're in California in yeah. that one. But 
we're back to Haddonfield where like kind of everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. People are aware of Michael Myers. People know the tragedy and they don't take too kindly to it. But we'll see some of that later. Yeah. So we have, you know, she has the um, the nightmare um, where she sees Michael and she's and the lightning flashes. Yeah. And she's screaming and they come to her bedroom. They tell her, oh, you're dreaming. And that's when I wrote down worst mask I've ever seen. Um, and at that point, I didn't know if it was a, a dream or not. Really? Yeah. I guess I just wasn't like paying so close attention. But the, I don't know. They don't give it any indication that it's just but a dream I, until he pops. She opens the door to try to escape him. And then he's like on the other side of the door. I was like, all right, this is a dream. Yeah. Well, sometimes he does weird things. But then we go like... And then it kind of goes into the next morning and I re- what stood out to me is it starts the next morning it's Halloween they're making mom's making breakfast Rachel gets upset because she's like her diet food was thrown away or something oh yeah yeah and she tells her mom like you don't want an oinker for did a she daughter say an oinker or yeah, did she say a oink- porker I thought it was an oinker. And I was like, <laughs> same, oh, same I was like horrible fat, name. fat phobia, like, like in media is like so profound. It's 1988, Brie. Yeah, it's fat phobia. It's 1988. It's a different time. Um, you, we wouldn't say that today in oh, 2022. You, you'd be you, surprised. In a movie, you wouldn't say that today. Maybe in like Rob Zombie's Halloween, you might see that, but not in... What we I see mean, today. people are more clever with their fat phobia nowadays. Sure, our fat phobia is in everything. Mm-hmm. But then we, like, the parents are saying, "Oh, Rachel, our babysitter, like they, they pulled out," and Rachel's like, "But I, the guy I've been talking to, I'm going on a date with Brady. I'm going on a date. Like, we might make it official." And it's but then like, she she goes into this domino effect of like. This will be your future, like, grandchildren. Yeah, you, you cancel this date, and then you cancel our marriage, and then you cancel your future grandchildren. I was like, all right, <laughs> relax here. I was here. like, to myself, high school is such a serious thing. These, These problems, problems matter. matter. And I was like, babysitting, is, I wrote down, babysitting is not the end of the world. It's Halloween. Like, I've, I've had to babysit my sibling when i didn't want to it's not the end of the world like mm-hmm. it's but then i thought wow this is not, might not be the best place for this foster kid because they should like, have taken her straight out of haddonfield illinois the the contention with like we don't like i don't want to babysit her i don't want to be a part of this um but then going up and reassuring like i do want i do like you i do love you um Dad dipped his tie in the coffee, and I felt that, like, on a really... Have you ever dipped your tie in a coffee? No, but I understand how hard it is to untie a tie and then change into another tie and retie the tie, because tying ties suck. So I felt for the dad. I was probably more sympathetic to the dad dipping his tie in the coffee than anybody else in this movie. Yeah. And, and that comes from a personal place of, I have to wear a tie every day. I understand the struggle of wearing a tie. Thank goodness I don't. Um, I wrote down, 
as we get back to Loomis, it goes back to Loomis. I said, Loomis is back and uglier than ever. Ha ha. He's old. <laughs> he's just old. And he's a burn victim. <laughs> Jeez, Bree. Uh, I like he calls Michael Myers evil on two legs. Evil on two legs. Um, um this movie is, I think, very much more blatant. So in Halloween 1, Carpenter writes all of Loomis's dialogue, and he, Loomis goes on like all of these different speeches. Oh, he had the darkest eyes, the devil's eyes. Like, I saw him looking through the wall, past the wall, to this day. And then Halloween 2, he says like the same spiel over and over and over and over and over again. It's the same evil, well, evil, evil, evil. Yeah, because it's the same timeline of the same right night. halloween 4 i think is very much blatant in the themes of good and evil because we see this like this conversation about what constitutes good what constitutes evil what we're fighting against we see that conversation come up multiple times in this movie um so loomis is reintroduced and the doctors hate him i know and i said he's always right about michael um, so how many times does he have to be freaking right about like, Michael Myers? Oh, even if he did escape, his muscles are useless. And I'm like, absolutely not, considering he put his thumb through like, someone's head. Did you not head. just see this man's body with a thumbprint into his skull? And then I wrote down, he is not human. That's what Loomis was like alluding to. Like, so, this man has no humanity left. He's more robo He's <laughs> not Robo like in Halloween 3. Yeah, but, but Robo as in like he's not confined by human emotions. Yeah. So uh, he tells them, you know, I'm going to go Haddonfield to four hour drive from here. If you find proof that Michael's dead around here, you have four hours. Or else I'm going to find him. Or I'm going to find And he's like, I'll bet I'll find him within mm -hmm. four hours. And I, he does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to a gas station to get some uh, gas. He's filling up his gas tank. Coolest thing I've ever seen. The gas oh, tank yeah. is behind the license plate. I wrote that down too. I said, why don't we have that anymore? I like sprung up when I saw that. And I looked at you and I said, is his gas tank under... like?" inside of the license plate it's super cool it's thought... really cool i wish cars would do that more often i know because like that little thing on the side is ugly mm -hmm. but so mike had already i'm gonna call him mike i said so mike's already been there um he well, he killed a mechanic he killed because he gotta look fresh he needs his he needs his outfit he gotta Which look fresh. I, I made a note um michael kills the mechanic for the uniform why does he love mechanics so much? Um, Why is his favorite. aesthetic mechanic? His aesthetic is greasy mechanic outfit and ugly white mask. Um, so Loomis, automatically he knows something's not right because he's trying to call people when he gets there. And he's like, no one's responding. And I'm like, just getting gas. So he goes into the mechanic shop. Mm -hmm. He looks around and then we get the jump scare. The mechanic's body drops down yeah. in front of Loomis, and he's, and he's like, like, Michael is here. He's Michael is here. <laughs> and then he goes in he goes, to the general store. And he, hello, is anybody there? And he realizes, he looks down behind the counter, and there's a woman dead, and he's like, oh my goodness. And the phone is smashed, so he goes to the other phone, and that's not working. And then he turns around, and he's like, Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. No, he gives, he does like a speech to Michael, where he's like, 
take me. Take me, but don't leave everybody back. in. Yeah. <laughs> don't go back to Haddonfield. And he shoots. And when he says, God damn you. And he, <laughs> and he shoots, shoots them. And I think that's the first time Michael and Loomis actually like confront each other. Like not confront each other in the but like, series, look but at like each other. look and at each other and not go. try to kill one another. Right, oh. he doesn't go after Loomis at all. He he dips. Um, to which I had a question: Does he even give a shit? I don't even know if he actually hates Loomis, or Loomis is just like a guy that's like sometimes there. But like you think, like he killed the mechanic for no reason. He killed the lady behind the counter for really. He killed. Well, he kills people because he wants their stuff initially. And the lady was obviously he smashed the phone, so obviously the lady was going to go for the phone to call the police. So he just wanted to stop her. Mm-hmm. Easiest way to do that is to kill. It's one of those things where it's like, does Michael kill to kill, or does Michael kill because people get in his way? We don't know. Sometimes I don't know. So he disappears and immediately i'm like he's gonna steal a car and he's gonna he's gonna dip i thought you said he was gonna steal loomis i thought that was the most obvious choice (laughs) but he but he goes for this truck and as he's driving this truck out everything blows up so he drives the truck out of the gas station and for some reason the everything in the gas station explodes and loomis car explodes as well and then the explosion travels up the telephone wires and those explode yeah so I was like, how did how the hell did Michael Myers make everything explode I said, just with a car? Up? And I, I thought to myself after that scene, I was like, I bet that the producer of the movie was like, we just need one big action set piece in this movie. And they're like, all right, just, just make everything, just make everything explode. explode and like we'll move on. And this movie has a lot of like cuts. Because then we go back to... I don't think it's filmed particularly well. Yeah. We go back to now we're going... We're focusing on Jamie. Jamie's at school. Um, And the kids are, like, super mean. Mm -hmm. These kids, like, they're teasing her. Why aren't you wearing a Halloween costume? No, they're teasing her for being an orphan. Yeah, they're like, why don't you have a Halloween costume, Jamie? Didn't your mom make you one? They're like, (gasps) no, your mom's dead. Orphan, orphan. Yeah, they... Orphan, orphan. I'm like... God, kids in the 80s were rough, man. And I'm like... Kids, these... Do, do your first graders pick on each other for, no. like, d- stuff like that? Like, personal issues? No. No. Kids don't do that these days. I, at least I don't think so. I don't think... my Well, my first graders are super nice. Like, they... I have not had issues with bullying or anything like that this year. Um, the biggest disparity we have is in, income inequality, but they wear uniforms, so you wouldn't... Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know. But, like, I don't think kids today in, like, 2022 would really pick on one another for, like, I don't know, being poor or being an orphan. For, like, nobody, also, orphan, like, no or, one, nobody would do that. No one's, like, being an orphan's sad. Like, you'd think they would... I always tell my high schoolers that, especially my freshmen, I'm like, when they come into school like for the first week and we're like chatting about like hey do you have any questions about high school i always tell them the movies make it seem like everything is clicky and the movies make it seem like high school is this and this and this and as the movies don't get it i said the movies movies are movies because they want to be dramatic and they want to set up characters and things like that but in reality in the high school setting most of everybody's like cool with one another 
At least that's how it is at my school. And we talked about, me and you had, like, they always frame, like, the popular kids as, like, mean. Mm -hmm. And usually the popular kids are nice kids. And, like, you don't have to, you don't have to be friends with everybody, right? But there's nothing that's, like, I don't know. There's no clicks, I guess. I mean, there's clicks, but, like, not, like, obvious clicks. So, let me me have a personal anecdote from, like, I was not particularly popular, in high school let's be honest i did choir and musical theater i was in honors and ap classes uh-huh but i was in adventure pe <laughs> nerd <laughs> adventure pe and we were doing like this giant swing terrified of heights myself climbed up because we had to do it once to get the grade right climbed up terrified one of the most popular kids in school because i wouldn't come down one of the most popular you kids. You're coming down one way or the other. One of the you either kids, climb down or you fall down. So one of the most popular guys in school like came up there and he's like, you know, you can do this. like, And he helped me like get over my fear. That's how I remember popular kids. They're like genuinely the nice kids. I love when like, in, in like high school movies, we get like the popular girl that's just like really mean to everybody. I don't think that that's most entirely accurate. I'm sure there's like situations. Course. Like, but most of like those popular kids, I mean, they were nice kids. Like, yes, he was also like extremely attractive, but like he was super nice. Mm-hmm. And like you run into those kids sometimes now and again. I ran into some of those kids in college. Um, they remember you. They're like, we said hello. Yeah. Like, and so like, I just, I. N- I never had like a a popular kid in high school bully me. I was bullied in middle school by popular kids, but the popular kids in middle school are the mean kids. Middle school. I a think diff- we might be, we might middle, be middle like, school is a different jungle. Hence Jamie Lloyd getting. Oh, sorry. Ooh. Hence Jamie Lloyd getting harassed by middle schoolers. I think we just talked into a circle and like proved. No, that was elementary school. Po- but element- elementary kids are nice, but then we get like sometimes popular kids in <laughs> middle schools are mean. For I mean, those for those of you who are not watching on our video media, Kaido is playing. Yeah, Kaido is jumping all about me. But anyway, she gets she runs out. She's like, "Don't cry, like keep it together." And she gets picked up by um, Rachel, her foster sister, and then her foster sisters friend and then they she's like Which i was surprised that friend never showed up again yeah never did i was like oh she's gonna end that's what i was thinking bad ending but no she didn't show up and so we get the whole now she wants a costume instead of just going out for she ice just cream wants and to be chilling. a normal kid like she's jamie, like, jamie's struggling with the fact that she comes from this background where the like everybody knows that she's an orphan everybody knows that michael myers is like her uncle or whatever but she wants to be normal, so she's like, well, I gotta do this Halloween thing if I'm gonna be normal. So they go and to the store, and it, this was a hard one for Rachel because she didn't want to come up as a toxic, pushy woman going in and seeing Brady at his job. But the, the friend made a good point. It's like, but you're like getting a Halloween costume for this kid, like that's like a normal reason to go to the store yeah and then we're introduced to the town's teenagers the ugliest man so we're introduced to brady who is rachel's boyfriend we're introduced to he's not her boyfriend almost her boyfriend they're seeing each other yeah we're introduced to kelly who's the sheriff's daughter also uh 
you know, kind of like into Brady as well. And then we're introduced to Wade as well, who has long blonde hair and is uh, trying to put the moves on Kelly. And there's this whole like, I don't know, a couple minutes scene where he Wade's like, you dare me to go up to Kelly and ask her out? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And so he walks up to Kelly, who's like stocking the shelves. And he just like walks up to her <laughs> and she goes... Like, fork off, Wade. Yeah. She tells him to F off. And he just, like, turns around. I was like, man, Wade's gonna get it in this movie. Like, what a loser. And Wade does not show up for the whole rest of the movie. That's, like, the second character <laughs> where, the, like, you think they're gonna get it. And, like, they don't. And so they go to this the store, right? And she picks out a costume. What costume does she pick out, Anthony? It's a clown. What? Where have we seen this particular clown costume before? Uh, little Michael. Little Mike was Same a clown costume. And then we get Mike is he's in the town. Oh yeah, because he shows up in the general store. He picks up the mask. He puts the mask on. She screams, bumps into a mirror, shatters the mirror. Everyone comes looking for her. Which we're to assume that that is a hallucination that she's but having. But it's not because he pops up in the mirror as they leave, and then he walks away. And he walks away. So Mike has made it to the town of Haddonfield, and he's here. So we get we're a little bit on edge, mm -hmm. and then we cut again because. Of course. Cut, 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 cut. Cut to Loomis trying to hitchhike. Oh, yeah. Loomis hitches a ride, and everyone's calling him old man. And Bree goes, why is everyone calling him old man? I'm like, he's an old man. I know, but like that's kind of offensive. Like, just well, screaming, come here, old man. Hurry up, old man. You like, are what you eat, right? That's so rude. He hitchhikes with this, like, apocalyptic, um, fearing... Priest? Oh, yeah, the priest, who is probably my favorite character in this whole movie, because I wrote down, um, they did not have to go so hard with this priest character. <laughs> they didn't have to go so hard with this priest character. But Loomis gets in the truck with this priest, and the priest has a license plate that says, Amen. He has, like, stickers all around the car that say, like, I love Jesus and things. Now, the priest is, like, talking in circles, and he's kind of rambling on about, like, meh, 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 faith, faith, faith. And Loomis is kind of intrigued. And I wrote down the quote that the priest says. The priest says, evil always has a face and a name. He's like, I know you. You're hunting. You're you're in the same hunt that I am. And Loomis is like, what are you hunting for? And the priest says... The apocalypse. The apocalypse. Evil has a face and a name. And Loomis kind of digs this guy. He's like, he's enjoying his ride. Yeah, Loomis is like having fun on this ride. And I would too he if I was smiles, a part of the like, priest. He smiles at it. Mm -hmm. And then we cut again because... Of course, and the cut is a is a it's a small like couple of minute cut to the house. It's we're leaving to go out, and you said, "Why are parents always going out on Halloween?" Every Halloween movie, every Halloween movie is all about the parents are going out on Halloween. You would assume that all babysitters are getting murdered on Halloween. Like this has happened multiple times. Maybe we shouldn't go out. Maybe we but should this is a different sort of going out on Halloween than the parents of previous movies. This, they're not going out to have fun or go to a party. It's a business thing. Yeah. This is so that he can, the dad can further his career business-wise. Um, and then we, then we cut we, again. So what you are making this seem like is 
we're having so many different scenes at once. No, we're not having different scenes at once. It's what it's doing is it's not doing long cuts of one story, then switching to the next story. Right. Where it's quick cuts between the A story, B story. I know exactly keep, what you're talking about. To keep us like entertained. They're, like to to give you the illusion this is happening at the same time this is happening. This mm-hmm. is happening at the same time this is happening. But they are kind of quick. And for those of us that are uh, film aficionados, that's a tactic called that Orson Welles uh, coined called Meanwhile Back at the Ranch, where you have your A story, and the A story goes on so long until you reach like a cliffhanger almost, uh, like a, a point of high tension. And then you go to your B story, and you go to that until you reach a point of high tension. Then you go back to your A story, and you go back and forth, back and forth until the A and B story kind of coincide with one another. What happens in Halloween 4 is you're getting a little bit of A story, a little bit of B story, a little bit of A story, a little bit of B story, a little bit of A story, a little bit of B story. But we're not allowing everything to reach a high tension point where it's okay to switch back and forth. It's just like very quick switching. Because there is no tension of we're going out. Mm -hmm. Now we're switching to... It's It's just to get scene after scene after scene out of the way. Yeah. And to establish that this is what's going on. So we cut to Loomis has made it to Haddonfield. He goes into the to the police station, the sheriff's office, and he's like, I need to talk to, like, to Sheriff Brackett. It's not Sheriff Brackett. Sheriff Brackett, they establish, moved. No, you're not listening to me. He's like, I need to talk to Sheriff Brackett, and they say he's retired Mm -hmm. unless you're going to go, like, some miles south of here or whatever. He's retired. It's established that this man is no longer here. He's like, okay, so then I need to talk to whoever the sheriff is. Sheriff Meeker. And... He's like trying to tell them that Michael is here and they don't want to listen to him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this man has been right time after time, but they're like, we got to check out, make sure this all checks out. And he's just saying he comes up with a totally different plan than he did last. Yeah. So we got to talk about Loomis's difference in Halloween one versus Halloween four, where Loomis in Halloween one is all about don't alert people. Let's find this guy. Don't, like, get the town all crazy and riled up. And then Halloween 4, where he's just like, oh, yeah. Put in, like, tell people to stay inside, lock their doors. They need to know that this guy's out. Broadcast this on the, like, on the news. Get everyone inside. We need to go find this girl. We need to protect her, bring her somewhere safe. That's a pretty cool little character development for Loomis, I think, where between these movies, he's learned that maybe alerting people is the best way to go because well, what happens in Halloween 2 when he doesn't alert people and in his defense though kids die who are I wearing know. the same costume but in his defense if we're going to bring up the first movie and why he didn't want to alert anyone at that point Loomis did not know that Michael killed anyone because he misses he wanted to avoid Michael killing everyone yeah so he missed that he had already killed that one guy because we established that he didn't walk far enough yes. to see the corpse so Loomis in the first one didn't know that Michael had already killed someone or else if you knew he had killed someone you would have like told people you have to alert people because he's like he's killed yeah loomis's whole thing is like let's try to stop this before it happens 
but, but without knowing happens. that it actually has already happened he's already in a frenzy we should you know mm-hmm. get him this one he is aware this man has killed before let's make sure that we are being safe um and then we cut again because that's the nature of this and we go to rachel's took um we're trying to establish a lot in a very little yeah amount of and time. that's why we have the constant cut so rachel's taking jamie trick-or-treating and then we get brady's a scumbag oh yeah brady is uh caught caught in the act so to speak at the house of the sheriff's daughter kelly yeah because they went trick-or-treating at the sheriff's house and And she's wearing a long shirt which that's not how you answer the door she's wearing a long shirt no pants and her shirt says in big letters cops do it better or do it by the book (laughs) that's what it says Cops do it by the book, and then her dad at one point sees her wearing the shirt. And if I was her dad, I'd be like, "That like go change. <laughs> you got to change. That shirt is inappropriate right now." And so obviously we have she's Rachel's confronting Brady. Brady walks out. He's trying to explain himself badly. If you're seeing someone kind of seriously, even if you aren't like dating officially, like it's common courtesy to say like I'm seeing other people while talking to you. Mhm. Um cuz she was under the assumption that tonight they were going to make it official and his excuse was, "Well, you canceled with me last minute." Yeah. So you're going to go boink some random girl like some rando. like that's so rude. And with this confrontation, Rachel kind of loses sight of Jamie and Jamie's kind of Jamie wanders off. Yeah, she wanders off, and then we cut again. Well, <laughs> well, they're trying to look for Jamie. Yeah, they're looking for Jamie. So she's trying to look for Jamie. And she's, she's looking for Jamie, around. but so is Loomis, and Loomis checks the house. Loomis checks the house, but Michael had already been in the house. Like Michael had already, we've already had this POV shot of Michael going looking, through her, going like, through Jamie's stuff, like seeing the picture of him, mm-hmm. seeing the picture of like Lori, the dad with his, essentially seeing what his niece looks like. Yeah, yeah. So, because we don't know if Michael Jamie. knew that that was his niece in the store. How would Michael have known that? Yeah, so... How would Michael have known? True. So, we had, like, I think now he realizes that that kid was his niece. But that's such an important little detail to add to the movie. If you're trying to cover up some of these plot holes that might pop up, if you didn't have that scene of Michael looking inside Jamie's stuff, her box of memories, then... You'd be like, how does he know what he How does he know? Yeah. So, I think that's a really important and kind of a smart move on the part of the writer-director to... Um, incorporate something like that. It's very small. It's a very small detail, but it's an important detail. And so Loomis is there, and he's, the, the sheriff follows him up the stairs, and he, Loomis says, well, Michael's he's been here already. And the sheriff's like, how do you know? And Loomis goes... I can smell him. No, he points <laughs> to the dead dog on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, and they killed it. I'm like, why couldn't Michael be a dog lover? Why, it would have been why, funnier why if he was like, I can smell him. Speaking of dogs, Kaido is here. Hi, Kaido. Hi, buddy. I love him. Yeah, you're a good boy. Except when you pee in my house. He peed in the house today. He's defiant. He has been very defiant. (laughs) He's just staring at you. Okay, uh, let's move on. So, 
Rachel's trying to look for Jamie, and she's walking down this alleyway, and in the fog, she sees a man standing there, so I wrote, I'd poop. Because I would. <laughs> and here we she, get, And she like, immediately runs away. Yeah, she immediately knows this is no bueno. She runs, finds Jamie. Jamie. And then Loomis, Loomis and, and the sheriff find, both, find both of them. Then we get one of the best scenes in this movie, one of the most confusing scenes in this movie, where, where the, My salami leg, your salami leg. <laughs> yeah. We see Michael pop up behind a dumpster, or behind a trash can, and the sheriff goes... Doctor, is that him? And Loomis looks and he pulls out the gun. And then over on the right side of the sheriff, another Michael pops up. And then another, a third Michael pops up. And they're like, what the F is going and on so right here? There's so many Michaels. Loomis pulls a gun and the guy's like, don't shoot. And he takes he, off his... All three of the Michaels take off the mask and it's just a bunch of teenagers yeah. pulling a prank on them. And then they run away and they're like, we got you. And so then you get Loomis and the sheriff. They like get everybody in the car. They're driving away. And then you get the perfect shot of the actual Michael. Michael behind. So real Michael was there. He we was... don't we don't know if the one that Rachel saw was Michael or not. Yeah, that's true. But I wrote um I was like the kids play prank on the police double question mark. So like what the hell kind of prank like what idiots? What idiots? It's very da- it was a very dangerous prank. What idiots? Because who's gonna say Loomis I'm gonna play a prank on not, the police? But Loomis did not like hesitate in the first movie. Yeah. So imagine like if he had shot at them. But I was like, what the hell kind of teenager? Like what? Freaking idiots to try to pull that prank. Michael Myers is a known serial killer. And haven't they given like a curfew? They told you yes. like there's a curfew, so go inside. Who the hell thinks that it's funny to go up to the police in your Michael Myers costume and just say and just stand there like you are going to get shot? Yeah. That's so a dumb fucking thing to do. On those kids. Yeah. Part, yeah. Uh, so we're in the house. We go, uh, freaking, I can't remember. I lost track. It's at this the, point. I think it's the sheriff's house. They go yes, to. we go to the sheriff's house. Which is house. like a McMansion. It's a McMansion. Um, <laughs> so we go to the sheriff's house. Brady and Kelly, the sheriff's daughter, are boinking. And which you think he would stop after he got into that converse, like confrontation with he Rachel? He doubled down on but it. But he doubled down and he went back in. To boink. I mean, to each their He's own. He's a teenage boy and he wants to boink. Bree, don't you understand? This is the 80s. I guess. This is and what the happens. sheriff's daughter is easy. So the sheriff, uh, Loomis, uh, Rachel, and, Rachel and Jamie. Jamie are all at the sheriff's house and they're all prepping to confront michael essentially and they give brady a gun sheriff takes the gun deputy to the sheriff is driving to the house little does he know michael's in the back seat so michael hitches a ride to where jamie is um they're all in the house lights go out they can't turn on the lights and then people just start getting picked off one by one michael's michael's in the house and Um, kelly i think is the first one no the deputy the the deputy is the first one to die but then 
I, I don't know how far I'm skipping ahead with this because I kind of lost track at this I mean, point. I thought kinda, the movie went really it, slow. It kind of escalates towards the end where it goes a little bit faster. So I didn't write as much down. Though then the sheriff's daughter. I mean, it always is bad for the so sheriff's I, daughter. I got to describe this scene <laughs> because this is incredible. This is probably the best kill of the entire franchise. So Michael is sitting in a chair and Kelly, the sheriff's daughter, is like walking around and she says a quote. Um, she's like, I wish we had power so we can watch some MTV, which is the most 80s thing anyone's ever said. And Michael then gets up. He's got a shotgun in his hand. He turns around, looks at Kelly, points the shotgun, and you think Michael's going to fucking use a gun, right? And Rano. instead of shooting the gun, Michael puts it back and then stabs her through the wall with a gun. Brie, the amount of sheer force it would how take. How fucking strong do you have to be to, <laughs> to stab somebody with I, a gun? I don't know. I can and barely. It, why and why does Michael have to stab all the time? Like you have something where you could have easily killed her just by uh, pressing a trigger, and instead he's just like, "No, I got to stab right now." I got a step with a fucking gun. I mean, he he likes what he likes. He likes a stab, I guess. Yeah. And then so we get It's the most questionable death of I think the entire uh, yeah, franchise it's where it's like, like hmm. why did he have to stab her with a gun? How much raw well, power? Well, I guess does like you don't want to actually shoot off somebody? the gun because like those guns make a lot of noise and that would alert everyone right away but i feel like you're still making noise by but they didn't know anything happened somebody. um so rachel goes down kind of just like to go ask someone a question or something she sees the deputy's dead sees kelly's dead screams um then we get like brady comes down and she's like trying to find jamie I'll save you mary jane and so brady kind of like i guess I, he doesn't sacrifice himself, but he does. He sacri sacrifices yeah. himself um, because he can't. Like he didn't reload Fast the gun, enough. and so when he does reload, it's kind of like too late. Late, and Michael just like murgles him. Yeah, and murgles him in kind of a brutal way, where you think he's gonna like. I, we mentioned this in a previous one. The great Kali in WWE used to do a move where it was like a head juicer, and you think that he's gonna crush this guy's head, but instead he just like crushes the dude's spine i think like by his neck like his vertebrae it's pretty gruesome it's gruesome so i'm gonna pause for a second and i'm gonna give you some behind the scenes love before it before we go on uh producer mustafa akkad had a gore mandate he's like this movie's gotta be gory so they had to go back and add blood and special effects to the movie which is why a lot of the kills are fairly bloody in this film um the director Dwight Little wanted to approach this movie with more of a suspense and horror vibe or sp suspense and thriller vibe than a traditional slasher horror movie. And I think that's pretty evident. Um, he wanted to really push forward that Michael is not supernatural, that Michael is just an escaped mental patient. And um, that's why there's not a lot of Michael hopping around from point A to point B. Uh, Michael like hitches a ride with the deputy to get to where Jamie is. It's a very like human approach to Michael, even though Loomis goes on these diatribes about how he's not human. Um, 
And there was, I was going to end with this, but I guess I'll talk about it now. There was a different idea for a Halloween 4 um, before they came up with this one. So after Halloween 3, they wanted to approach the franchise and bring Michael Myers back. Uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill kind of took a backseat to everything. The rights got sold. And before the rights were sold, they had hired um, the novelist for Halloween 2 and 3, uh, the guy who wrote the novelizations, to write essentially the story and the script for Halloween 4. And what this guy came up with was essentially a ghost story following uh, Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace from the first movie as they were kind of hallucinating Michael Myers. So it was definitely more of like a psychological thriller than a slasher. And the producers uh, pretty much said, we don't want anything, he used the term cerebral. We don't want anything cerebral, we want a slasher movie. So they scrapped that script. Would have been an interesting Would have been really interesting. They scrapped that script and then Mustafa Akkad sent out like an open call for any ideas for the Halloween franchise, which is where we then get this idea, which is kind of like a return to form. Uh, The writer who was uh, hired, Alan McElroy, he was kind of a fan of the franchise and he wanted to return this back to kind of what made the first Halloween so simplistic. Uh, He wanted to return it back to Michael's just a guy, he's a human. And that's how we get what we got with this. And how it's kind of indicative of how the franchise was moving towards giving their writers a little bit more freedom with the franchise as well. And we'll talk about that more when we get to Halloween 5 and 6 because it's they're really interesting. So then we, like, I wasn't taking as much notes because then we get into our real, like, our... It's the climax. The climax of the movie, you know, kill, kill, kill. Sure. Like, run, chase, chase, chase. Chase Jamie, chase Rachel. They're on the roof, then they're in the school. And we get to the school, like, most classroom doors are closed. Can't attest that we do lock our doors at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, yes, most of the doors are locked and closed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm reading a book right now called Taking Shape, and it's a very good book. It's about the production of all of these different Halloween movies, which is why I'm relaying a lot of these stories, because some of them I knew before I started reading the book, but some of them I'm getting as I'm reading the book, and they're really, really interesting. Um, What they originally wanted as a deleted scene in Halloween 4, I think it was written but never filmed, was Michael going through i think the cafeteria or a classroom or something and jamie hiding under the desk and like moving from desk to desk and michael like angrily flipping over every desk to try to find her they eventually then use that uh concept in halloween h2o it's interesting how they reuse some of these these different tactics though very interesting to like bring it back to the school because you know we have the school in two Mm-hmm. Like, um, so we get back to the school, um, you know, then we get like our big, it's the climax of the yeah, movie. Yeah, the finale. Uh, so the townspeople are kind of see story is that the townspeople are forming like a, an angry mob mm-hmm. to try to take down Michael and they're looking for him. They're looking for him. They're looking for him. And they finally come to the school where they rescue Jamie and Rachel. And they say, Michael's in the school. Michael's in the school. And the townspeople say, 
all right, well, we're going to get you out of Haddonfield and the state police, the state troopers are coming and they're going to take care of Michael. So they're driving on this foggy road to get them out of Haddonfield. And Michael is, has hitched a ride. I assume he was under the car. Yeah. Um, Smart guy. Smart guy. He's under the car. It's a pickup truck. So he comes to the back of the pickup truck. And he does the most like crazy thing so like he it looks like michael is struggling to get into the pickup truck no one notices that this man is trying to get into the pickup truck but once he gets in there he like throws people out he stabs somebody in the back and like throws him out like so i don't think that one guy died because he just threw him onto the road there's one he didn't stab at all he just threw Mm -hmm. out of there but then he gets the driver pretty bad he gets the driver pretty bad he mcgruber throat rips (laughs) the guy it's guy. i'm going for a throat rip he throat rips the guy (laughs) i throat punched (laughs) i throat punched that bitch (laughs) So uh, then Rachel is like, has to push this guy out of the pickup truck door and then take over the car and she's swerving. Michael's like, get me off this crazy thing, like on the roof of the car, like swerving back and forth. And then they throw him off the roof of the car and then they hit him with the car. And, and he does oh it's so funny like that's like this movie unlike Halloween 3 I didn't laugh as much but I did laugh when they hit him and instead of like doing the normal it was thing, a crash dummy I was like instead of doing the normal human body what would happen if someone hit a human body he kind of just like boink. he fell flat he fell flat like as if that was a non-living thing yes um it's it's really the 80s it's the 80s um so michael gets hit with a car and then the state troopers come and the other townspeople are there and it's almost reminiscent of like frankenstein where all of the townspeople go after the monster mm-hmm. and i just wanted to say one more thing sure. before i forget it's kind of like michael no sold the car yeah okay wrestling terminology <laughs> once like, again i was like oh man michael sandbagged the car michael sandbagged fight. the car uh you gotta make michael look really strong yeah, you gotta like, make Boom. him look strong he no sold the car well he did sell the car for a little bit like he's on the ground he's playing possum and then jamie gets out of the car and she holds michael's hand and then michael gets up and that's when the evil leaves michael and goes into jamie Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. I was making a joke. No, no, no. Bree, you're spot on. No, I'm not. I shit you not. You're spot on. I'm reading this book, right? Taking Shape. And is that what they say that the point was? Well, they there's a, a quote from the director of the movie. And on the DVD commentary, I guess, that's how that's what the director explains happens. That the evil, like, she held his hand in the evil. By touching Michael, the evil transfers itself to Jamie. I'm so smart. I shit you not. That is a, the exact explanation that's given. <laughs> you do, I you did do this not pretty read often. The book. I did not read the book. <laughs> no, you do this pretty often. Like, you'll call something in movies and i'm because like how just, the hell did you know that's just that? like that's what i would do you know like if i wrote this movie if i directed, you would make the evil transfer yeah. over through a hand touch i'd be like that's that's the most obvious way i guess but anyway i just have the brain of like i feel like i'm like really smart like i can just like <laughs> tell like what someone was trying to do which is why i think i appreciate bad movies 
I wouldn't say this is a bad movie. No, but like you could like we'll talk about like people hate some of like some like movies like season that, of the witch like people hate sometimes some of the movies that i really like mm-hmm. and i'm like maybe it's because i can see what they wanted to do maybe i was like maybe it's because i can see what they wanted to do I'm maybe like, you're just are psychic. you are you always successful with what you want to do no but you're also talking to the girl who really 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 wants to make a scooby-doo live action movie we've talked about this we'll get listen let's not spoil it now when we get to like the scooby-doo franchise at some point like then we'll go through our idea for scooby-doo because we have outlined an idea for a live action and we TV like show. at one point we were like let's write this but then like sometimes okay. life gets in the way and like anthony's not the best at writing dialogue and I'm not the best at writing dialogue. I can write a good story, but I cannot write dialogue. Dialogue's I'm so bad. Hard. At it. Like, because you want to, like, the issue, we'll get into it, but like, the issue with Scooby Doo is like, they're teens, and like, it's, uh, it's hard to write teenage dialogue. When you're not a teenager. Yeah, I'm like yeah. a full grown adult. And I mean, the way I talked, if I go back on my Twitter to like when I was a teenager, the way I talked was like such like a cartoon version. Did I ever tell you about one of the um, one of the highlights of my life when I really made it big in my life was when I tweeted at some point when I was in high school, I said scooby-doo mystery incorporated is badass i tweeted it and the official twitter account of scooby-doo mystery incorporated liked and retweeted my tweet and i was like yeah sometimes you get that like sometimes my biggest accomplishment was when we went as carmella and aj styles for halloween and mm-hmm. aj styles liked it yeah that was cool that was we like still have cool, that tweet That's that was pretty... like a cool moment for us mm-hmm. acknowledge me senpai yeah <laughs> acknowledge me <laughs> anyway so we get like it's the, it's the end of the movie michael gets shot to hell by the state troopers and all of the townspeople and then he falls down a mine shaft and it's like oh michael's dead and then we cut again to their home the the, the home of the crothers i think that's their last yeah name, right? so rachel's home loomis is chilling out with mom them. and dad are there mom and dad are there sheriff's there yeah and then mom is getting a bath prepared and we get this POV shot of somebody moving into like a bathroom to pick up scissors. And we get the POV shot of a mask going over the eyes, going into the bathroom where the mom is in the bath and she looks over and then cut to Loomis and we just hear screams. And Loomis runs to the stairs and then goes, no, 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 and it's it's Jamie Lloyd and in the clown costume with, with the, the mask on, covered in blood with the scissors, and that's it's where like clue. It's like yeah, so and she's... Loomis points his gun like he's going to shoot her, like and they stop him, like he's like I know what this is going to be, like let's stop this ish now. And, and like, they stop him. Yeah. And that movie ends with the Halloween music and that uh, noise of Loomis just going, no, no, <laughs> which he does quite often in five and six. So we have, unfortunately, the evil has passed. Yes. Into- I, well, I was going to tell that story that the director, that's how he explained it. But I, you called it. I, I'm just a you, smart cookie. Just really smart. Um, so unfortunately, <laughs> that's why I said I was going to have the cup, the cheesecake cupcakes have scissors on top. Yeah, because of the ending of the movie. Because the ending of the movie. Yeah. So uh, 
Bree, do you remember Halloween 5? No. Do you remember where they go from here? No, I don't. Okay, then we're going to have a I'm fun excited. next episode. Because, like, sometimes all the Halloween movies, like, okay, so you have, like, the several different, like, timelines. Sure. Like, ones where, like, Lori's still alive. Right now we're on one timeline. Like Right have, now. Like, you have the timeline where Lori's still Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to come back. And then you have the timeline, no issues, dead. Mm -hmm. Then you have another timeline. Then you have the current timeline where we forget the other movies happen. Everything but one. And we have one and we skip to like the modern day ones. So it's interesting. Um, Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what's coming next. I'm excited to watch the next movie. Yeah. Because then Uh, I can figure out where it fits. We're going to have a fun next episode (laughs) because the follow-up to what they do in the end of Halloween 4, it's incredible it's incredible uh so that's that that's halloween for the return of michael myers uh what did you think before we end this thing we talked about the mask mask is a little boring i said the mask is a, is way too white first of it's all gross um it's probably one of the worst yeah it's it's very boring it looks flat um it just looks generic like knockoff like we said like party city what did you think of michael myers in general how he looks because I had it, I had a thing, but I wanted to hear you your. You said he comment. looked like a softball player. He looks like a softball player. I said he's too bulky. It's like they didn't get him right. So like we had a long conversation when we were doing our pictures for our engagement photo shoots about which person we were going to ask to be Michael mm-hmm. because he. We both have older brothers. My brother is like tall and slim. Your brother is more tall and like a little bit more bulky, and. We were originally going to do the photo shoot by your brother's house, but you were like, I don't think my brother would be able to play Michael. I think he's a good build. Because he's not built correctly. He's too... He's built different. He's too muscular. Yeah. So then we went with uh, the woods and my brother, and my brother kind of fit that yeah, perfectly. Your bro- yeah, your brother has a good Michael Myers, like, he's, physique. He's, like, not... My brother's not thin, but he's, like, average man. And that's what Michael's with. supposed to be. He's just supposed to be an average guy. Like, yeah. I think in Halloween 4, his shoulders are too, like... Bit, like football player like he's wearing pads or something they're too like he doesn't have a neck <laughs> in this movie that's what happens with men who work out a lot they lose this. yeah they lose their neck so I, I think we're getting into the halloween sequels where they never quite get michael right they never quite get the mask right they never quite get the build of michael right uh do you remember the mask for halloween five no oh Bree, it's you saw you said this one's ugly the next you one know, is but in the defense of the franchise like i said again it's not the same mask as the first one because it's assuming that he just picked up another halloween mask mm-hmm. it's not the same mask yeah so that's why it looks so well shitty there is an explanation for halloween 5 as to why the mask looks like that not in movie but a justification by the writer of of halloween 5 which we'll get into when we get to our halloween 5 episode um so we'll end on this brie will this movie go on your list of the top 100 films of all time no (laughs) just flat out no no and it doesn't even get an honorable mention because it wasn't like funny Well, like Season of the Witch, you did get... It was funny. It was funny. It was an enjoyable movie. It was an enjoyable movie. This was enjoyable. I I would watch it again. I just don't think it's one of the best movies of all time. I would also say that this does not go on the prestigious list of the top 100 movies of all time, but I do think it should get an honorable mention. So it gets an honorable mention from one of us. It gets an honorable mention because 
it's maybe one of the better sequels to Halloween. Um, there's nothing crazy, you know, unique about it. It's very much an 80s slasher movie. It's very generic. They don't quite get lightning in a bottle. Lightning Again. in a bottle. Lightning doesn't strike twice. So I would say eh, maybe honorable mention. What's like a lower form of an honorable mention? Just a mention? Just a quick shout out? A quick shout. Know. Yeah, I'd give it a quick shout out. Not even an honorable mention. I'd give it a quick shout out. Same with Season of the Witch. You get a quick shout out. No, like it's an honorable mention for it being funny with lasers. It's <laughs> Stonehenge. <laughs> Sponsored deal with Stonehenge. All right, Brie, let's wrap this up. Uh, let's plug. I didn't write down our... Of course I, he didn't. So I let's plug our podcast um, Instagram review underscore pod on instagram let's plug anthony's twitter you can always follow me on twitter at gldtv1 for any updates for any bonus content you can follow our twitter our instagram you can listen to our podcast anywhere where podcasts are available find us on uh spotify that's where i've been listening to us and find us on youtube where you can watch our video podcast if you're watching our video podcast right now thanks shout out like it subscribe do all the things you need to do on youtube if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, you can always uh, rate us a few couple stars, like more than one, hopefully. And you can also follow our podcast as it's well for future episodes. It's rude to give us one, Rudy's. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that, it, oh, email us if you have any questions that you would like us to address, if you have any comments you'd like you us to address. How many movies you want? Particularly yeah, for if you're making Breeze treats and you want to send us uh, whatever it is that is involved with making Breeze treats, if you have a recommendation for Breeze treats, you can always email us oh, yeah. at If review- you're a business who makes really good treats and you want to send me some treats for Breeze treats, I'd be happy. Um, yeah, shoot us an email at reviewpodcast1 at gmail.com. Calm. Brie, do you have anything else? Um, Just, you know, drink some water, get plenty of rest, and... Be good. Take care of yourself. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Yeah. Uh, This is Anthony. This is Bree. We are signing off for the Review Podcast. See y'all next time with Halloween 5. Woohoo! Do, 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 do